WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 99, All About the Hobbit, chapter 12, Inside Information, being the 99th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by James and Anthony of Raiders of the Lost Podcast. How you doing? Welcome. Thank you so much for having us on the show. How's it going? It's going good. Um, I saw, I think I actually came across your podcast on um, TikTok, actually. Yeah, that's how most people find us. That's where we get like most of our organic traffic. We're like probably one of the top TikTok movie <laughs> accounts out there. We're getting there. Which is a thing to say nowadays. But uh, yeah, we, that's where we get a lot of attention for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, specifically your like episode content that you guys did for the Lord of the Rings movies came across uh, my For You page. And I can't remember. There was one. Uh, I can't remember. It was something about like, I don't know, maybe Frodo and Gollum or something. And I was like, I can't watch this right now because I'm not emotionally ready for it or, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Oh, was it with, <laughs> with Frodo when they shot him as like a Gollum-esque creature, but they cut the scene? Oh, that's yeah. also yeah, yeah. creepy. Terrible. <laughs> creepy images. Oh, creepy and images. just nightmare fuel. Yeah. That, was, that was messed up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just like, well, let me just see if they're interested at all in reading The Hobbit. And turns out you were. Yeah. So, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, we love we love Tolkien, and we're actually both reading the Lord of the Rings books right now. I read The Hobbit years ago, like before the movies came out, just so I could like know what I'm watching. But um, I haven't read it in a few years. So, but we're both yeah. in the t- Tolkien like headspace right yeah, now. Yeah, I yeah I read them all the books um years ago, and then we like we just did three episodes on Lord of the Rings, so we're we're all in it. Cool. Well, that's actually the question that I asked my guests at the start of each episode is how did you um, how did you come to find either Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or, you know, like whatever came first? We had no idea what Lord of the Rings were. And then we used to go to the movies with our father like every weekend when we were like 10, 11, 12 years old. And the first one came out in 2001. And so that was just we were at the movies and it was like super high-end marketing so they're like the cardboard cutouts everywhere were like what is lord of the rings and it seemed super interesting and the trailers were really cool and so our dad took us to see them all when we were, we were kids he didn't know what it is what it was either and then after we watched the movies we read the books but i've seen we've seen the movies yeah. so many times like those are some of the best films ever made yeah. no there'll never mm-hmm. be movies made like those ever again those first three yeah and, mm-hmm. and amazon's trying to do a tv series but i doubt they'll ever be able to capture what peter jackson did with those movies yeah i mean peter jackson couldn't even capture what he did with the with the Hobbit, with Lord of the Rings, because it's all yeah. mostly practical effects, but still, yeah, yep. Lord of the Rings is just some of the greatest films ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely uh, a lot more digestible than the books. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the only—I think it's one of the only exceptions I hear about like book to movie adaptations of of people being like, "Well, I prefer the movies," and I'm like, I "Yeah, you're not wrong that. about that." Well, in the Fellowship, so. you're in, you're in Hobbiton for like. 300 pages in the first one. <laughs> it's like half the oh book. Oh my God. That's what was so funny to me when I started reading The Hobbit is that with it, it's in like chapter two and it takes them, I think it's like three sentences to leave the entirety of the Shire. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? We like trudged along. For like an hour. With, yeah, for, for a while. That whole first Hobbit movie. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and then I'm interested to, uh, I think I, I talked a little bit more about it on the previous episode, but yeah, the, that Amazon Prime series, I'm interested to see what will happen with it. They have a huge budget. Yeah, it's a billion. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I just have a lot of mixed feelings. Um, I'm mostly going it with going into it with like very low expectations and just like, you know what, if we get to hear more stories <laughs> from this, you know, this world, that's great. And if it gets more people into Lord of the Rings and, and Tolkien stuff, that's cool too. Yeah, but yeah. What's actually really cool about that. Amazon is um, Jeff Bezos, everyone knows he created Amazon to sell books online. And for several years, the number one seller for Amazon was the Lord of the Rings franchise. And there was a point where 60% of all their profit came from selling Lord of the Rings books. Hmm. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So they like built Amazon off of selling Lord of the Rings books. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I'm optimistic about it. Like the budget for the first season's 450 million, so oh they're obviously going full like guns blazing. But that for budget it. is mm-hmm. that high because they're establishing the whole set. Yeah, true. But so. also, I'm also worried. Are they going to do it like Avengers style and have everything shot on green screens and blue screens? Because the, the what I love about Lord of the Rings is the aesthetic in New Zealand and real environment. Oh, yeah. So it'll I'll be curious to see once a trailer drops and some images. I would love to see some practical locations. That would be so cool. Yeah, same. I joked that the forty, the four hundred fifty million was used to just buy all of New Zealand, (laughs) (laughs) and just that's their set. (laughs) I'm like, that's great. I don't know if that's how much New Zealand costs, but uh, it's got to be around. That's yeah. That's probably yeah. They they overpaid for New Zealand. Today we are talking about what's a, actually a very exciting chapter and it's uh, a like breath of fresh air because the previous um, two chapters were, they weren't bad, they were just uneventful mm-hmm. um, where it was like, and then the dwarves and Bilbo came to Lake Town <laughs> and that's like all of one chapter and then the previous chapter was like, and they found the door and <laughs> somehow it opened yeah <laughs> that's it this yeah. is a great chapter that's, that's way lot- better than spark notes those yeah. summaries yeah perfect and like that's what's so again what's uh, i i i've heard terrible things about the hobbit movies but that's just what makes me laugh a lot like now that i'm further into the book of like there are two full chapters where not much happens at all how did you make this into three yeah. movies you'll, you'll see you'll, you'll see you'll find but, out but this is easily this could be one of the best chapters in the whole book and it's its own mm-hmm. little movie in a way yeah it is yeah yeah i was gonna say one i know one of them is called the desolation of smaug so i wouldn't be surprised if they just turned this whole chapter into just <laughs> two hours <laughs> of just benedict cumberbatch in a mocap suit well he did amazing um, which i will bring up yeah he, so yeah amazing <laughs> So this chapter starts off, um, well, I guess the previous chapter had just ended with like a quote unquote cliffhanger where they had just opened the door um, to the mountain and they're all kind of staring in the dark. And then it starts off with Thorin being very Thorin, um, which the narrator points out and I think is hilarious. I always love these like dry, sarcastic asides from... Uh, I mean, I say the narrator because technically when Tolkien was writing this, he didn't know at the time that it would be Bilbo writing it. Or maybe that's what happens at the end of this book. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that it could just be lying. I don't know. Anyway, but point being is that the narrator is very sarcastic and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, he kind of belittles him at times. Yeah. 
Yeah, he belittles every character yeah. in this book, actually. <laughs> yeah, like the morality of the dwarves come into question a lot in this chapter because like, oh the, oh, it opens up with like the differences between dwarves and hobbits where Bilbo, he's brave and ambitious and, and dwarves, they hired him to do this mission and they want him to go out and go down that tunnel. They don't want to mess with it at all. So it kind of shows the differences between them how dwarves aren't heroes. Yeah, really. and, and th- you wouldn't say they're honorable because... They wouldn't sacrifice themselves for the mission, but they'll they would help Bilbo if he's in need. They'll go out of their way to to save him if he needs saving, but otherwise they're not going to really put their lives at risk for anything else. Yeah, they paid him to do a job. Yeah, they're very stubborn yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it starts off with this very Thor- long-winded speech by Thorin, and and Bilbo interrupts him and is like, "Okay, I see where you're going with this. You're about to lead into, and that's why Bilbo, you must go off by yourself <laughs> into this like dark abyss. That's why we hired you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then Bilbo gives a little speech about all of this, and he's like, "I can't believe I did all of this. I've done so much already for you. And in the span of like a paragraph, he talks himself into." To going into the mountain yeah and then Balin goes in there with him because Balin's like the only one that like likes Bilbo really and he like he's like I'll go in there half the distance to make sure he's we can hear him if he dies but also I think Bilbo he he realizes that he's a person he's a man of his word you know and he's, mm-hmm. he said he would do this so he's gonna follow through with it yeah yeah he says perhaps I have begun to trust my luck more than I used to in the old days I also love that he says in the old days, because this was only like three months ago. <laughs> and it reminds me of like how we talk now in terms of like a po like pre-COVID. a pre and like yeah, of like what the world in the like. old days <laughs> when like I would just like I remember one New Year's Eve I picked up a, an abandoned beer off of a table and drank it. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like what? I can't believe you did that. We've all been there. <laughs> like that's absolutely I mean, like it's foul on many levels, but just in a COVID world, like what the heck? Like we used to be in a world with a bunch of people sweating and dancing and breathing on each other? No, thank you. <laughs> but I think he's he's mostly referring to his time without the ring because now he has the yeah. ring. He can't, the smell or the dragon can't see him. But, you know, he's going down that tunnel, the perfectly made tunnel by dwarves at their height of skill. And mm-hmm. even though he has the ring on, he says that this is the most terrified he's ever been in his entire life. And I think they that he that Tolkien writes it like in the future present where he says it will have been the most terrified he's ever been. And what's really cool about the ring is um, the ring in the Hobbit. Tolkien had not imagined how big of a yeah. role it would play in the world that he was building until he began Lord of the Rings and realized, oh, I'm going to build this entire new story based upon the ring. And he actually changed. He at, he gave more powers and more of a backstory to the ring itself, where he just originally had it as what just being invis gives you invisibility. Yeah, just invisibility. It, um, just a magical ring. But then he increased its value to this to the entire franchise by having it be the centerpiece of Lord of the Rings when he came up with the idea for expanding the story. Yeah, it's so funny um, coming from my perspective where I I recognize that like I technically started this series wrong where everyone did. i <laughs> i should have read the hobbit first and then gone on to lord of the rings because the lord of the rings movies came out first i thought those like books came out first i think those probably sold more or, or more exciting to make a movie out of or yeah. you know more oh, appealing yeah. to peter jackson at the time oh definitely even though yeah. technically lord um, of the rings is really just one book they just cut it up just for i think there was like yep. paper shortages or something in the 40s <laughs> Well, the other reason I'm sure is that the editors were like, 
Tolkien. You just dropped this. Uh, he had to have it had to the first draft had to have been like two thousand. Yeah, it's thicker than it. It's like a thousand pages, and then that <laughs> yeah. would have been immense. Yeah, and they would have been like, we cannot publish this all at once. <laughs> no one's we don't have this. enough printing presses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I love how it's just so. It's just so funny coming from a perspective of like the ring is the source of all evil and corruption to it's just a fun little trinket <laughs> that turns you invisible. And that's it. If, yeah, if you didn't know. It had better. a much more innocent uh, quality. In this, well, he did. In this and he yeah. also did rewrite. There's a this is a, it's a new edition, The Hobbit, mm-hmm. where before he like then he added like the different ways he, he got the ring from Gollum. And then also he, he put in like little hints at the future of the ring. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh shoot, I was going to say something about the ring, the Hobbit. Oh my God. What were we talking about? Bilbo. The ring. Bilbo. Sure. <laughs> there's a good chance. There's a good chance what I was going to say was about Bilbo in some way. I don't remember. God. Um, I'm going to be editing this and I'll remember it, but I don't remember it now. Anyway. Yeah. So everyone's super uncomfortable and is like, I'm not going in there with you. Balin is... He's dope. And he's like, I'll come in. I mean, just a little bit, but I'll come in. And I'm like, all right, I respect you. Um, I hope you go and live a long, wonderful life that doesn't end terribly in Moria. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is where we get like a little bit more from the narrator about the dwarves. And it's basically the narrator is basically like, if you don't expect much from them, they can actually be really helpful, and you, they, and surprise dwarves you. will surprise you. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, as yeah. long as money's involved, yeah. it's like they'll surprise Gandalf you. always says that about hobbits. He always talks down about them in being so dumb and <laughs> in, in, in like uh, not important beings. But they always but surprise, they always surprise yeah. you. But he's also he's yeah. going down this tunnel. And he's regretting the mission. It's kind of like. Frodo, when he first gets the ring, he's like, I wish I was back home at the Shire. And Bilbo's like, I have no use for these gr- dragon-guarded treasures. And I think that he's obviously having second thoughts because he's seeing, you know, he's going down this tunnel. He's, he's about to approach a dragon. Yeah, he sees that yeah. glow coming, so it's terrifying. Yeah. I love this little quote as he's walking down the tunnel. Um, oh, which, by the way, Balin just, he like stops and he says, good luck. <laughs> and I just love that. See you later. <laughs> Hope you hope you survive. <laughs> and as he's walking down the tunnel after he's put the ring on, um, there's this quote. It says, already he was a very different hobbit from the one that had run out without a pocket handkerchief from Bag End long ago. And I love that. That's so amazing. And then this next line is just so funny. He had not had pocket handkerchiefs for ages. Like that's <laughs> like of all the things that have happened to him mm-hmm. since leaving Bag End. That's the most like absurd and insane thing that's happened to him. He's no longer civilized in his mind, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, he uh, approaches this this tunnel um, where there's this glow, and he's like, "I can't believe." He almost calls himself a fool of a took. Uh, he says, dear me, what a fool I was and am, said the least tookish part of him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's he's like, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. What did I agree to? This is so dumb. This is so dumb. I'm going to die. Why am I hanging um, out with these dwarves? <laughs> yeah, they have done nothing for me. Oh, my God, the dwarves. I've been ragging on the dwarves a lot uh, in the more recent chapters because it just seems to me that they are... Not near, like, they rag on Bilbo all the time. And I'm like, you guys are so much worse. Bilbo is doing, like, even at the beginning before he had the ring, like, Bilbo was at least trying. You guys were terrible adventurers (laughs) and are just, like, terrible sports about everything. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens. 
throughout this chapter is he kind of becomes a leader through his his journey in this yeah He's like, well, if no one else is going to step up, I guess I will. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he stops and there's this red glow and there's some smoke coming out. Very like ominous. Um, I love how Tolkien sets up this very pivotal part of the story. So he stopped and then the narrator says, going on from there was the bravest thing he ever did. The tremendous things that happened afterwards were as nothing compared to it. He fought the real battle in the tunnel alone before he ever saw the vast danger that lay in wait. And I just love that, that there's just like a lot to Bilbo's character. And there's a lot to the hobbits uh, in general, too, when you are, you know, reading or watching Lord of the Rings as well of like, it's not necessarily about being Aragorn on the battlefield, you know, it's also about these really what look like from an outsider a really like minor internal moment that can be really major to someone yeah he's afraid of fear really down that tunnel he doesn't know what it's going to be rather than like a troll coming at him and just by making this the decision to keep moving forward is the the most courageous thing he ever did knowingly walking into a dangerous situation to face a dragon Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm and so, yes, there is a dragon. It's the the glow of Smaug or Smaug. I've been saying Smaug. Smaug. Yeah, that's right. It's Smaug. 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 You've been Smaug. saying it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel, I'm pretty sure that's the correct pronunciation, but it makes me feel entitled. <laughs> like, I know how to say Smaug correctly. Smaug. Yeah, like, like. A normal person would say, I, I don't, I don't know, would say like smog. smog. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. that's still, but now that I've been saying smog all this time, saying smog doesn't sound right. I'm using, I'm going to use the example. There's a band and their name spelled out, if you don't know how it's pronounced, says Bon Iver. Oh, yeah. Uh, bon Iver. But it's pronounced, yeah, Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Or, yeah, Bon Iver. And you just sound like you just sound like a dick every time you say it, quote unquote, correctly. It's like it's more normal to say it incorrectly. Yeah. You better get your Tolkien so, names right, though, because we've been attacked oh, yeah. for getting like names wrong by accident. People have been like unsubscribed. They get, they get real upset. The Tolkien crowd. Oh, the, it's it, yeah. Five thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> it's hard. There was one chapter where I spent. I spent like the whole time, I think, saying it was like the elves names. And in Tolkien's world, the C's are a hard K. And I didn't know that. And I was saying like Celeborn. And and people were like, that's like, you idiot. Do you know nothing? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point of this whole podcast (laughs) is that I know nothing. We just got one the uh, the other day. I posted a a clip on black panther and someone called me out for saying an african word incorrectly and it's like i don't i tried you know i I'm, Did your I'm, best. I tried but you know we're not perfect <laughs> we make mistakes there's gonna be lots of mistakes <laughs> uh anyway smaug, smaug is here um it is a vast red golden dragon fast asleep on a pile of treasure um, at one point uh, in this chapter, it's referred to as like his his golden couch. And I just love all of the it's so funny because the previous chapter I was ragging on Tolkien for all of his description because um, he was describing 
the land imagine that he was describing the landscape and he was also like talking in detail about like what the door looked like on the outside of the mountain and i was like i'm sorry bro i don't understand what you're saying <laughs> i he, was using some, he needed some filler i'm trying to picture it in my head what you're describing but i just see nothing um but this is just a total opposite where everything he writes about smog in this chapter is so vivid yeah i agree it's great yeah yeah oh like the wisps of smoke coming out of his nostrils as he's sleeping and the countless piles of treasure and, and Bilbo's like it's so much treasure that he could never imagine it and it's distracting him because he almost forgets that there's a dragon in front of him that's how much treasure there is yeah and I love Smaug because it's so it's so different from any kind of dragon you have ever read about or seen where it's like it has s- similar desires that humans have like greed like Smaug wa- it, it, this is his, his treasure he guards it and he loves his treasure. And it was so refreshing for a dragon to have those um those aspects to their personality and to have intelligence also. Mm-hmm. And we get it's so fun to like see what Tolkien has set up like in his world about like his dragons. Cause obviously dragons, um I mean like a lot of what he was writing at the time was, you know, groundbreaking in terms of fantasy, but dragons are definitely not something that are, you know knew when he was writing this so i just love like all the characterization and everything that he adds to smaug and drag and like the I don't know, race of dragons species yeah, like general species species yeah well actually yeah. all the all the beings of, of middle earth they they call them races like it's a race of uh yeah of beings. so i think you'd call it a race yeah maybe yeah something like that uh yeah i don't know that's another thing i've gotten in hot water about too <laughs> Is because I'll I'll say like I've said you know like Lord of the Rings is full of white people. There's only you know one race, and then people will be like, "What are you talking about? There are so many different races. There are elves. There are dwarves. There are orcs." Actually, and I'm like, yeah. I'm talk I'm talking about real people, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. Like, but in the in the book, there's actually there are actually black hobbits in Lord of the Rings because they they talk about different different types of. Sh- hobbits throughout the shire and they, and tolkien describes dark skinned uh a darker skinned hobbit in the shire i, I can't remember which ones they're called they're they're little, oh yeah. i totally missed yeah, that so that's in that's in the lord of the rings the first one. Oh, cool i will have to go back and read that yeah, it's not they're not in hobbiton they're in a different part of the shire okay got it yeah yeah there from what i've gathered there's like a lot of different like hobbits that just live off in different places that we just never you know, Tolkien, Tolkien does a lot of like mentioning all of these asides about like, oh, and by the way, like these people lived over in this land. Yeah. We're not going to meet any of them and <laughs> none of our characters are going to come from that land. But I just want you to know they're there. Yeah. And like he'll say like they're a hobbit like folk over there. They're they're yeah. like hobbits, but they're not hobbits. Builds the world. It builds the world. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so Bilbo's here with Smaug, who is sleeping on this treasure, and he is amazed by all of these treasures and everything. And this is when I, and it's a, like, big plot point that's discussed in this chapter, and this is when, like, I kind of been wondering this whole time leading up to it, because there hasn't, there hasn't ever really been a point where they sit down and they tell Bilbo, like, okay, you're going to go in this tunnel, and there's a dragon, and you're going to get, you know... Like this is what this is the plan. There is you know? no plan. <laughs> there is no plan. <laughs> is the plan. This is the yeah. plan. This is as far as they got. Just get to the mountain. Now what? And they're like, I don't know. Send Bilbo in. He'll know what to do. <laughs> and so I've been wondering. I'm like, so what is Bilbo's mission here? I was like, is he supposed to be? 
is he supposed to kill Smaug? Is he supposed to be looking for like a particular piece of treasure that's the most important to them? Is he like, are the dwarves expecting that he's going to sneak this treasure away like piece by piece? And that's what they basically like Smaug points this out to him and the dwarves kind of all fight over it. Like they are all like, oh, you know what? You're right. We didn't think this through. Exactly. And also there's a huge major plot point as well um, because while Smaug is sleeping, Bilbo notices that his belly um, has gems and stones on it, um, which Smaug has there for protection because it's his um, his only vulnerable vulnerable part of his body is his chest and stomach, and that gives Bilbo the the the, the desire to when they eventually talk to examine that when Smaug stands up, and that's how he's able to find that weak point under under his left chest. And if he did not, if he never saw that there were gems and diamonds on his belly in this moment, he probably never would have had the the, uh, the idea to try and get Smaug to show his his size to him. To well, yeah, that's that the, weakness. Yeah, that's the second time he goes back. Yeah. into the into. Yeah, the... but this is the he notices the gems on this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bilbo's, uh, he's definitely like becoming. He's a lot better at adventuring in this part of the story than he was before where he's like picking up on all these on all these like details and clue and he also like calls it like later on he calls himself like the clue solver or something you know so Sherlock Holmes yeah (laughs) so he sneaks over and he grabs a cup apparently and I was like is this what he was I was like did I miss a point where the dwarves are like okay there's this really special cup you're gonna go in and grab it and run away And so Bilbo picks it up and he runs away and he is like so excited. He's like, oh, my God, I did it. I did it. Like I I went in and I stole the treasure and I didn't get eaten and I saw a dragon. Oh, my God, I can't believe I did it. And I was like, that's it. Book over. I was like, what? (laughs) What's happening here? And then it says, so I, I feel like there's a missing sentence or something because Balin finds... It says Balin was overjoyed to see the Hobbit again, and as delighted as, as delighted as he was surprised, he picked Bilbo up and came. Oh, okay, maybe he just picked him up out of excitement or something. Yeah, I thought that, that like Bilbo had fallen yeah, asleep yeah. or something. No, he also, picked him up yeah. out. Yeah, that glad he made it back in one yeah. piece. But also, when he picks the the cup up from the treasure, Smaug, he stirs a little bit and almost mm-hmm. he almost wakes up. And then as he's walking back in the tunnel, uh, Tolkien talks about how dragons know every piece of their treasure and how much they have and yeah, like every ounce they of know it. every ounce of treasure that yeah. they yeah. have yeah and smaug even has um he even has a dream about uh it says in which a warrior altogether insignificant in size but provided with a bitter sword and great courage figured most unpleasantly so he has a very accurate dream <laughs> premonition of like what's going on so Smaug is very aware of what's happening, and he notices that the cup is gone. And he also can he felt the draft. He feels the draft. Yeah, and he wakes and up when he wakes up, and he can he can also yeah. smell. He smells something that yeah, he's never he's smelled like, before. He's like, oh shoot, that's right. There's that opening to the mountain that I kind of forgot about, and I always told myself <laughs> that I would seal off one day, but I. <laughs> it was just my. Never it was did. his and New Year's then... resolution, and he never got around to it. It's it's like that yeah. ticket I got the other day that I'm just not paying yet. <laughs> <laughs> just tacked to my wall. <laughs> Is it really still tacked there? <laughs> he he turned right on a no no turn on red. Yeah, Smaug did not like Ooh, that. That'll get you. That's the skew, worst. Skew. <laughs> and so the dwarves and all of them are celebrating. They're like, "Oh, this is amazing. We have a we have a cup. Yay! We have the treasure." Um, and again, this is when I was like, so is this all 
what this is about, that it's just about the single, this like one cup. Um, at which point I was kind of like, this also feels very much like in Deathly Hallows when they have to break into Gringotts <laughs> and get Helga yep. Hufflepuff's yeah. like cup. That's the Horcrux. And I was like, J.K. Rowling, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, you see a lot of That also yeah. involves a dragon. Yeah, there's so. a ton of influences for well, sure. Te- yeah, if, uh, Chamber of Secrets, the entire story is a replication of this story. Yeah. But also the the cup, I think Bill brought back to signify that there is a massive treasure, and he wanted to prove it to the dwarves that yeah. like we didn't come here in vain. The whole, I think, the first trip is all a confirmation. There's treasure. There's a dragon. Here's a cup. This is, yeah, we're here. Yeah, I almost died. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you're welcome. Again. There's a huge dragon down there, guys. I don't think we should go. Yeah. <laughs> we should turn around right now. So Smaug wakes up and he is furious. He like none this has never happened ever. So he he like goes into a rage and he goes flying around the mountain. Um and he starts like attacking basically anything and he's looking for any sign of any of these intruders or thieves. Oh, actually, wait, shoot, where is it? It's specifically described as the sort of rage that is only seen when rich folk that have more than they can enjoy suddenly lose something that they have long had but have never before used or wanted. We were actually, we just said, um, we said this yesterday, it's wealthy people are cheaper with their money. Like the more money you have, the cheaper you are mm-hmm. with it. So the more he's more reluctant to lose even one little bit of this giant treasure he has. Yeah. And I was just like, dang, Tolkien, like that's, it's still so true. Yep. You know, this was written in, oh, shoot, I never remember. 36? When the, yeah. 36. Right yeah, before the, the war. 30s, yeah. 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 So like, oh my God, the Hobbit is going to enter the public domain in like the next 15 years. It's almost years. there, yeah. Wow, that's why they're trying to milk it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy to think about. Whoa. Tol- Tolkien's okay, family anyway. is like, let's make some more adaptations, guys. <laughs> 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 Who wants some more? Oh, my Netflix? gosh. Netflix? That's nuts. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know how I would feel about Netflix. <laughs> They would ruin it. Touching the Hobbit. They would ruin it. It would be so bad. I wouldn't mind if someone came in and just did a single, like, well-produced movie version of The Hobbit rather than, you know, breaking it up into three parts. Oh, yeah, I I agree. No, once the studio made that money with Lord of the Rings, they're like, we got to make it salivating. We got to do it again. They want want that smile. treasure. we split it up into 16 movies? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I believe that was also around the time that like it was super popular for movies to be split into because that was I think that was around like 2012. It was after Deathly Hallows did it. So Deathly yeah, Hallows came then, out like, in 2000. Yeah, but Deathly Hallows, they had to do it in Deathly yeah, yeah. Hallows. They but, couldn't make that into one movie. But since both those movies made a billion, studios realized, oh, fans will come out to both yeah. films and they'll, they'll both exactly. make a ton of money. Because there's the risk of like, are both these movies going to make the same amount? Is the first one going to make half as much and then the second one because the conclusion will make all the money but they realize oh both films made a billion dollars so it was safer they're like we're gonna get these nerds to come in (laughs) they're gonna hate it they're gonna talk they're gonna talk crap about us but they're gonna still pay a ticket and they'll but they're still gonna watch it they'll they'll buy both blu-rays too get that they're gonna we're gonna do two blu-rays they'll be complaining in the theater what a bunch of losers (laughs) yeah exactly we got got I'm very aware when I'm being manipulated by capitalism. By by everything. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm aware of what's happening. 
a part of me wants to stop it, but a part of me just wants to sit here and enjoy Deathly Hallows Part Two. You know, what? I'll go see the third one. Just I get... already committed to the first two. You know what? It's <laughs> you stop watching. It. Yeah. Stop watching commercials, man. That's that's the worst stuff. No more commercials. <laughs> so yeah, he goes into a rich folk rage, uh, which I just think is so hilarious. Yeah, he eats the ponies. Oh my god! Yeah, poor guys. <sighs> so I I have been lamenting the ponies for. <laughs> Because in like chapter, I don't know, four or five, the ponies get eaten by the goblins. And this is a detail that Tolkien didn't need to include. He could have just left it up to our imagination to be like, I wonder what happened to the ponies. Um, But no, he let us know that the goblins ate the ponies because they eat everything and they are always hungry. And I was like, I didn't need to know that. Thanks. (laughs) And so I was so excited when they got this new group of ponies (laughs) and i literally recorded for the previous chapter last night i was talking with my guests about like i'm so excited for this new group of ponies (laughs) they're gonna make it (laughs) i was like i hope they live a better life than the previous round i'm sure it'll be fine (laughs) and i was just like i wrote in all caps not again (laughs) hashtag rip ponies (laughs) what's cool about the goblins have you ever noticed um in lord of the rings the two towers when they're in the forest um when aragorn and the others are and they they see uh gandalf the white for the first time they're the stone trolls are actually in that forest in a few of those shots just in the back in the background and peter jackson just snuck them in so if you watched it look look for it online after the episode um he there's a few shots of the the stone trolls the goblins, I mean. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, they're in it. Why don't we make a clip wow, about that? I'll make a clip about it now. <laughs> where, where you at, man? You're a clip guy. And it just didn't come to me when we were talking about it. Oh, we're yeah. making a clip about that tonight. I had 16 pages of notes. <laughs> that, that'll be on our TikTok tomorrow. Yeah, but so go online and look it up uh, after this. You'll be like, oh my God, they were there the whole time. <laughs> uh, I thought I remembered seeing them at some point in Fellowship, um, but... I also feel like whenever I saw some, you know, like random, I don't know, account being like, did you know? Mm. And it would like point it out and I'd be like, I, those don't look like trolls. They just look like, it just looks like rocks. So I don't know how I It could have been Fellowship. I, I think it could have been Fellowship. I think it might have. I think it was Two Towers. But Well, it would make I, sense because in the book Fellowship of the Ring, they come across where the the trolls were. Yeah, yeah. Were, okay, it's Fellowship. Were turned yeah. into stone. So yeah. the, in, in Frodo's even like, this is where Bilbo was. This is yeah. so cool to be on the same journey in the same Which area. Which was so yeah. funny when I was reading that part because, you know, I obviously I hadn't read The Hobbit yet. And Frodo was like, yeah, Bilbo did. And I was like, I'm sure I'll learn about that eventually. Yeah, they talk about Bilbo a lot. If you don't know who Bilbo is, like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I know enough about Bilbo in the sense that he is, he, he he's Frodo's uncle, or I guess he's technically his like cousin or something, yeah. but he's Frodo's uncle. And uh, he went on some kind of adventure and he got really rich and then Frodo just grew up a rich boy or and and then got the worst inheritance ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. Well, although the yeah. ending, because he succeeded, ended up with a dope prize of going into eternal glory of, of the undying land. Yeah, but because he, so. he's, he's, he's trying to heal his destroyed soul. I was, yeah. <laughs> was going to say, at what cost? Yeah, I mean, at what cost? Who cares? Like he can't even live in the real world anymore. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. true. He doesn't even like sit. He only, go, he only goes because he's like depressed yeah. as He doesn't hell. even like the Shire anymore. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Even Sam can't cheer him up. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the ponies. 
Oh, sorry guys. Oof, rip. Dra- dragons rip. do what dragons do. Yeah, dragon gun dragon. <laughs> It upset me so much. So then they all sit uh, in the tunnel and they're debating about what to do um, because Smaug has, uh, I think this is the point where it uses the phrase like golden couch. Yeah, it says he went back to his golden couch to sleep and to gather new strength. And I was like, ooh, what's Smaug doing? He's up to something. And so, yeah, the uh, while he's resting and there's this, like, moment of peace and quiet, the dwarves and, and Bilbo start trying to figure out what to do. He knows the reason why he's going to rest is he knows that whoever the thief was, they can't get away now because he killed the pony. So now whoever's there is pretty much stuck there. So he doesn't have to worry about looking for them right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got like a greater plan going on. Yeah. He's very smart and uh, manipulative and like scheming. Yeah. And so the dwarves then, this is why I hate the dwarves is because they're constantly pulling stuff like this. They turn on Bilbo. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, well, you got us into this mess because you stole this treasure and you woke up Smaug and we didn't even need to be here for this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, excuse me? <laughs> What's a thief supposed to do, man? You know how much I sacrificed for you? It's like, you literally brought me here to do exactly what I just did. Like, this is what you hired me for. What did you want me to do? But this is where Bill, yeah, this is where Bilbo becomes a leader of the group, though, and he's like in charge now yeah. and he comes this up with This is where the, he takes leadership and they yeah. end, end up listening to what he has to say now. But I hate how that comes about, too, because he, he like, st- has this moment where, like, he stands up for himself when they're all complaining about, like, what he's done, um, only because they asked him to do it. And he's like, excuse me, like, what did you expect would happen? Blah, 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 blah. And then after this moment of him standing up, they're like, well, what do you, if you've got so much to say, what's your plan? And he's like, I have to do everything around here. <laughs> Fine. He says that they should stay there for safety and then maybe sneak out uh, and get some of the supplies, but they should stay in the tunnel at least to uh, stay safe. Um, But he, and this is what's so, this is, he says his father had a phrase, every worm has his weak spot. And I'm just like, what a weird thing to say. (laughs) Isn't the whole worm a weak spot? (laughs) Everything on the worm? Yeah, probably. Yeah, just like pretty, the pretty whole, the whole worm is vulnerable. Yeah. Thing, unless worms in Middle Earth are like shard, hardened way shells. Different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're all like, you know what? That sounds pretty good because they haven't come up with a plan themselves. So they're just fine to do whatever anyone else is going to come up with. They get some supplies and they uh, rest a bit and, you know, stay, like, get in the tunnel for safety. And Bilbo goes off once again to see Smaug. He has the ring on, but what Bilbo doesn't know is that dragons have a very good sense of smell. So he immediately knows that Bilbo is there. Smaug says... Well, thief, I smell you and I feel your air. I hear your breath. Come along, help yourself again. There is plenty to spare. And I bring this up because the only frame of reference I have for the Hobbit movies is this behind-the-scenes video of Benedict Cumberbatch filming for Smaug in the mocap suit. And this is what he says, and I love his voice and everything about (laughs) this video. Yeah, he's great. He's the act, best he's, part about the Hobbit, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's he's so awesome yeah. at Smaug. And the thing with, with the thing with this, it's a great conversation because they both have ulterior motives. Where Smaug is trying to get more information about him, and 
he doesn't he's about to let on that he knows more than Bilbo thinks he knows whereas Bilbo is going to try and find some kind of weakness within the dragon and he knows that based upon his understanding throughout history of learning about dragons growing up that they like to speak in riddles they enjoy riddles and so he he also uses like a bunch of flattery he's like Oh, great, Smaug, the beautiful and strong. You're even more amazing than tales tell. And the and, and Smaug is like, oh, okay, I'm into this. Keep it coming. <laughs> you, you have good manners, thief. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is when um Bilbo starts, because Smaug asks him who he is, but Bilbo's not about to be like, I'm Bilbo Baggins of Bag End in the Shire. Which is like the total, which side note is like the total opposite of like what Frodo does in Lord of the Rings whenever they're like, who are you? He's like, I'm from Bagginses. Um, I'm Frodo Underhill. Shoot. I'm uh, Mr. Baggins. Crap. Do you know Gandalf? I'm looking for him. <laughs> Uh, and so he said, Bilbo says, I am the clue finder, the web cutter, the stinging fly. I was chosen for the lucky number. And I'm like, all right, Bilbo, getting some confidence, feeling, feeling, you know, all of his accomplishments. It also is kind of like when you're needing to like spice up your resume (laughs) 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 and you're like, I was a customer liaison when you were just like a cashier at Kroger. (laughs) Increased sales by 3%. (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and he uh also calls himself yeah uh he says i am he that buries his friends alive and drowns them and draws them alive again from the water uh i am the friend of bears and the guest of eagles i am ring winner luck wearer and i am barrel rider yeah so he's basically making riddles of his adventures to hide his identity he loves riddles. Yeah. It's clever. It's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Barrel Rider. Um, I don't know why, but it just makes me think of like what the knockoff version of like the Silver Surfer would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to my head, but it did. <laughs> He's um, made out of wood, the wooden surfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bit. Yeah. <laughs> I am Barrel Rider. It just sounds so funny. Um, and, then it's, and then the narrator says, this is, of course... The way to talk to dragons. If you don't want to reveal your proper name, which is wise, and don't want to infuriate them by a flat refusal, which is also very wise. (laughs) So yeah, they uh, spend some time talking back and forth, um, both doing a lot of like deception and like manipulation of their own words um where just like you said where they're both trying to learn more about each other um at one point bilbo does get he gets a little cocky and he does mention something about dwarves and uh and smaug is like oh funny you mentioned that Mm. um i could smell them and i know and i know everything about dwarves you shouldn't trust them yeah so he already knew there were dwarves at play when he ate the ponies because he said he could he could smell and taste the dwarves when yeah he's a very refined palate pretty good (laughs) way better than gordon ramsay he likes dwarves and cabernets (laughs) from california Shoot, there was something else where, like, he can also tell based on, like, the water. I'm assuming it had to have dried by now, but, like, the water that was on Bilbo's feet, he can he knows that, like, it's the water from the river that led into Lake Town. Um, and there's, 
Some... But he doesn't know the smell of a hobbit, and he's he's a mystery to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about um the Lord of the Rings too, like and and this as well is that like no one knows what a hobbit is because hobbits, you know, Bilbo is like the first person, the first hobbit to ever leave the Shire. You could say like they're like the most insignificant beings in Middle Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, small, yeah, little but fierce. Small but mighty, for sure. What was I talking? Oh yeah, the water. Yeah. So he Smaug has this like thought to himself. He's like, hmm. Well, I don't know where this dude is from, but I know he came from Lake Town, so I better go deal with Lake Town at some point. And I'm just like, oh boy, those poor Lake Town people, because they just had like a huge party, and they were like, oh my god, it's the king of the mountain, and like all of his cousins and family, and they've returned, and they're all like, we've heard all these songs and tales about like the treasure and the dragon, and it's going to be so cool. And it's just like, oh, no, it was yeah. like narrator voice. <laughs> it was not cool. <laughs> and then also this is when Bilbo notices that weak point on Smaug's chest Under where the, the ge- yeah. gems and diamonds aren't covering mm-hmm. the small area. So it's a vulnerable patch on his belly. Yeah, he, he actually flatters him so much that he calls him like Smaug the Impenetrable to get him to roll over to his belly because yeah. he's like, I hear that dragons are weak on their bellies. And Smaug's like, not me. I yes. have these diamonds. <laughs> Funny you mention Great it. Voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real quick. I do just want to mention that Smaug mentions he only ate six of the ponies. So there is hope yet Still that hope. some of them escaped. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and so that's when Bilbo, yeah, Bilbo uh sees that there is yeah, this soft spot like right it's like this one little spot and I'm just like, "Okay, Bilbo, good luck with that whatever <laughs> plan you concoct for, I don't know, next chapter or whatever." <laughs> and then Smaug uh tries to like turn him off of the dwarves. Yeah, so this is when Smaug also starts pointing out some of the things that like I was wondering as well about like the whole like what are you planning to do? Are you trying to are you going to get like every little piece of treasure and just bring it back one by one? Yeah, like one fourteenth of the treasure would be huge. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure that you like got paid enough? Like that's just like dwarves to like bring people into their dirty work and not get their hands touched and and to like make you do everything. And I'm like, you know what? You're not exactly wrong there. (laughs) I don't disagree. He's like, what are you going to do for 100 years? You're going to go one by one to get all these pieces of treasure. Then how are you going to transport it? And even if you get past me, I'm not the only one that wants that treasure. Like you got trolls and orcs and who knows what out there. Yeah. Bilbo is like, this is again when he starts getting a little cocky and kind of reveals a little bit more about who exactly these dwarves are because he says, oh, we're here for revenge. And Smaug is like, well, the only people who would be here for revenge are the king under the mountain and like his people, but they're all dead. So it can't be them or can it? I don't know. (laughs) You tell me, Smaug. (laughs) Smaug. Yeah, and Smaug is like, so if you're not here to take the treasure, are you here to kill me? Because that's not going to happen either. Um, And then Bilbo says, (laughs) he's like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, whatever. But I really must be going. I don't want to keep you from such from much needed rest. Ponies take some catching, I believe, after a long start. And so do burglars. (laughs) And I love that he just adds that as like, by the way, I'm a burglar. Bye. (laughs) Takes off down the tunnel. And then he's like, why did I say that? Yeah, it was an unwise thing to say. 
That was dumb. Yeah. He's like enticing Smaug. <laughs> oh my god, I just love that. If like, and by the way, I stole from you. Bye. Yeah. And then, then Smaug's like, oh yeah, and then he starts. Then he breathes that fire down the tunnel to try to catch him as he's running. Yeah, Bilbo just had to be sassy. Yeah. He just had couldn't to. help himself. That's just Bilbo. Yeah. Because he was definitely getting like very, and he kind of talks about that with the um, dwarves when he returns to them and like catches up with them about what happened. Because um, he, uh, yeah, so Smaug like breathes, he doesn't breathe fire, but he breathes smoke. Um, or maybe he does breathe. A little bit yeah, of smoke. He does breathe yeah, fire. His, his hair yeah. gets singed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, the fire hair like and on vapors. the back of his head yeah, yeah. and his heels. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's oh, Hobbit gross. feet. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah, his Hobbit feet. Yeah. So he goes back to the dwarves um, and tries to like recap what's happening. And this is where he realizes like, oh, maybe I said too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave all of that out when I tell the dwarves about what happened. Yeah, he, he was tricked by Smaug to keep giving information. Yeah, it mentions that there's some kind of like um, dragon... Like spell, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that he can use to like entice people to maybe um being like tricked or or like drawn closer to him in some way. Um, and so then Bilbo is like, okay, I really think we're in danger here. Smaug is gonna be so pissed. He's gonna come out because he knows where we are. He knows this entrance. He's gonna come and he's going to like bombard this door. We need to close it. And Thorin says, "You are very gloomy, Mister Baggins." <laughs> he's not taking it very seriously at all. Yeah, I'm just like Bilbo's trying to be like, "Hey guys, I think we're in danger here." And Thorin's like, "Ah, eh, you're bringing down the mood. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not a vibe. We're having though. such is, fun." Is it the vibe? <laughs> yeah this ain't it kid like we're having a fun time you're just being a debbie downer for no reason at all uh the dwarves start like daydreaming about some particular pieces of treasure that may or may not be in in smaug's like lair. Yeah, famous pieces um, and they're yeah and they're thinking about um like certain like speed like special spears um and swords and stuff and then there's in particular the Arkenstone of Thrain. The Great White Gem. Um, and it is, yeah, it's a very important gem, apparently. And this whole time, Bilbo is sitting here like, can we please close the door? You guys heard what I said, there's a dragon here. <laughs> See how I'm on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I I am sin. Well, part of dragon. You know what? This, this book shows, it, it tells a lot about Gimli's character in Lord of the Rings because Gimli, he doesn't really say much or have much importance to the plot uh and he's always inst- like eating and drinking every chance he gets so it makes a lot more sense his character when you hang out with the with dwarves so much in this book yeah i think so and so finally the dwarves are like oh, fine we'll close the door um and then like pretty much right when they close the door and they like go further back inside the mountain that's when they can hear smaug attacking on the other side and they're like oh you know what Good call. Good call, Bilbo. Good idea, Thorin. Correct. <laughs> I, I closed the door. I, Thorin, closed the door. <laughs> that was me. All me. <laughs> Thorin the I Great. I helped. <laughs> and so, yeah, they just hear this, like, fury of Smaug on the other side. Um, and he's uh, and he's furious because he can't find the dwarves and what happened to them. He can't get into the mountain on this side because they closed the door. And so then he says, Barrel Rider, your feet came from the water side and up the water you came without a doubt. I, I don't know your smell, but if you are not one of those men of the lake, 
you had their help. And so he goes flying down towards the running river where they had just come from. And I'm just like, oh, dun, no. dun, dun. Quite the cliffhanger. Scary. And also, yeah. the only way, because they closed the door, the only way to escape is through the lair, through the tunnel. Right, yeah. And that's kind of why they didn't want to close yeah. it in the first place is because they're like, mm, I mean, sure, we might we might die if we leave the door open, but we will definitely die <laughs> sure. if we close it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Of course. Um, what would you like to plug and share with our audience? Just our show, Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It's a movie and film, po- a film and TV podcast available everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we YouTube. also yeah YouTube. We film every episode, so there's a video version too. And on the video version on YouTube, we also cut, we edit the episode with photos of the movies that we're talking about. So as, as you watch it on YouTube, we we show you photos of whatever relevant moment, scene, actor, actress, uh, whatever shot we're talking about, so you can see what we're talking about while we're talking about it. Yeah, and TikTok we're really big. We have we post there like daily. Instagram, it's all Raiders of the Lost podcast. The pun, it's a pun on Raiders of the Lost arc. Every episode is either like a movie or an actor spotlight, director spotlight, or a whole franchise. So we always every episode has a certain theme that we stick to. Yeah, you can find us everywhere. Twitter yeah. too. We have Raiders of the Lost, and then also on um, Letterboxed Raiders of the Lost pod so yeah you can find us everywhere just yeah. just search for us you'll find us yeah um what is letterbox this is something it's, that like i've only seen recently and i'm like i have no clue still pretty new is. to it myself but it's uh it's basically a social media platform for only movie reviews oh so, yeah. okay. so you, make, you, you make an account and you review mu- you review movies and you you uh, rank them out of five stars and people there's there's a feed and you can follow people so it's kind of like Instagram for movie reviews and you're you're making your own reviews and you're you can make lists of movies like a top 10 sci-fi movies or a top 20 like um, period pieces and then you can m- connect with other people and discuss films so it's a way of sh- seeing how other people review movies rather than relying on Rotten Tomatoes and all those guys those, those gals those critics yeah critics the critics yeah um, quote, quote, quote yeah. I'm doing quotes <laughs> critics um I just saw a TikTok that was like it was like movies that like critics critics loved, but like fans hated or something. Yeah, and like yeah. some of them were really surprising. I was like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. that's like a very stark difference. Yeah. Vice versa crazy. too. Like there yeah. there are great movies that critics destroyed, and you'll see like the Rotten Tomatoes rating is like rotten with like a fifty rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but then the user rating that users rate is in the nineties. So it's clearly there's a big um, difference between critics and viewers in terms of a bunch of movies, especially popular movies. Yeah. Like there I are mean, movies we mm-hmm. love that get horrible critic reviews, but fans love them and they're like cult classics or beloved by audiences. Yeah, but I know, I think Rotten Tomatoes got bought by a studio. Disney bought But Disney bought So like they're pumping stuff on purpose and obviously politics factors into what they want to, to have good ratings. So it's, I think it, I think Metacritic's a better example. Metacritic's of, great. Of movie review sites. Cinema and, score also, if yeah. you want to really know if, Audiences like a movie go to cinema score. It's it's audiences only rate it. Yeah, but IMDb user ratings are great too. And, yeah, yeah, and li- that's what le- Letterbox is really cool because you get the genuine opinions from just normal people. Oh, okay, well, very cool, very cool. Yeah, I, I just saw this thing and I was like, oh my god, I don't. <laughs> another app. There's another app every month. We have like, like we have like twelve. We have like twelve social media accounts. I get it. It's yes. ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I can't keep doing this. I will probably keep doing it because I'm (laughs) addicted to the internet, but. (laughs) Aren't we all? 
Yeah. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Perspective Z. What's that? A podcast? Crazy, funky, junky podcast? Do you ever wonder what goes through the minds of the people that watch the last good Disney Channel shows? Or if you can wear skinny jeans in a side part without looking old? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by us, Katrina and Rachel. We discuss TikTok trends, politics, new co-hosts, hey, and everything in between to give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as Katrina enters the world as a high school grad and Rachel figures out her next steps. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles! The cover art is by Graphite, aka Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod or following the link in the episode description. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod, and you can find me on Twitter at mcwhatsup and Instagram at mcturndownforwhat. To support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to become a patron. I should probably come up with some like fun term for what I call my patrons. Tolks? There we go. Came up with it. You can go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to become an official Tolk. Um, and you can be like Johan, who is a sponsor of the podcast this week. Johan, thank you so much for your continued support of That's What I'm Talking About all the way through. It feels like we're getting to the end of The Hobbit. There's still like five more chapters left, but thank you for all of your support for throughout all of this time. And as always, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Um, uh, thank you so much for yeah, having us. Yeah, be sure to check yeah. us out. And we love Lord of the Rings, so we did three episodes on. We've done four episodes on Lord of the Rings, so check those out. We did them pre- pretty recently. We did an episode on each each of the movies, as well as a large encompassing one. And we'll do The Hobbit yeah. at some point. But we love Middle Earth. We love fantasy films. We love all film. But yeah, yeah. And I, I'm excited for you to finish The Hobbit and yeah. see how it ends. I'm also excited for me to finish The Hobbit. Yeah, and then you can watch yeah. the movies. Yeah, I'm less excited about the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.